Well, I have the honor of introducing Dave and Deb today. How many of you were here last night? A lot of you were. Yeah. Yes, that was a good sign to me that you guys want to hear from them, which is awesome. How many of you have not heard Dave and Deb before? All right. Not many. Praise God. (laughs) Yes, we consider them family. They are family to us, and they also um, are our apostolic covering. And they've spoken into our. Oh, you're, yeah, Dave's, Dave's helping. <laughs> it's okay. Got it. Kelsey's like, got it. Um, they um, ministered in our lives, Tim and I personally, uh, for we were doing the math over 10 years uh, yesterday, and we so value their input and we value um, the journey that they have been on, the, the things that they have imparted to us and the things um and where, the areas that they have believed in us and in this church, it's really why we're where we are. I just want to say that we couldn't have done it without them. And we're so grateful because God, you know, has linked us uh, forever. So um, they're like mom and dad uh, to us. And so I'm going to go ahead and welcome them up. Would you welcome them with me? Good morning. Uh, It's so great to be here. I was telling the folks last night that we're here. When we come to Hill Country, the people at the mission, they get so excited because they know it's like us going to another home. And so they're always praying and leaning in for us. So that's how we see you guys. But it's really fun to see that Mm -hmm. even our our family at home feels that way, too, even if they don't know you. You know, a lot of them have gotten to know Tim and Elizabeth, of course. But um, it's really great to be here. And I just wanted to um, go back to a moment we were having in worship when we were singing um, that last song. And I really felt like there was a grace for healing that was being dispensed in the room. And um, I just, if you're, if you're needing healing or we're sensing it during that time, could you just stand up really quickly? Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Father. Yep. Yep. So, Father, we say yes and amen mm-hmm. to what you are doing. Yes, Everything yes, that you were pouring out in that moment We apprehend and take hold of for backs, for necks, for kidneys, for shoulders, for necks, Um, somebody, their forearm, uh, a right forearm. We just say, let it be done and let it be so. We, We ask for things that need to be created to be created, scar tissue that needs to dissolve, be dissolved, and a strength to come where there has been weakness in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just, we pull on heaven. Mm-hmm. We pull on heaven. We pull on heaven this morning. Thank you, Father. Oh, just, what's going on, anybody? Did, did anyone get healed, actually, during the worship? Felt different? Do something that you couldn't do before or that caused pain before and just check it out. Thank you, Father. Yeah? Okay. Mm. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, it's awesome to be here, and we'll just keep praying into this as the morning goes on. Yeah, good morning. I'm the one high and lifted up. It is good to be home again. Huh? 
She's the grounded one, yeah. <laughs> no, this, you are so right. You are so right. That wasn't nice. Was, but it is true. It's really true. Truth hurts at times. It really, really great to be here. You know, back home right now, they uh, they got they get started in about a half hour back home. And uh, we had a word from Michael Dalton last week that God was going to begin to do uh, just, uh, um can't remember the word he used, but uh, outstanding miracles in the house. Uh, and um, even replacing parts in the body, um, you know, going into heaven and finding body parts that are needed in people's lives and, and taking out metal and replacing them with bone and you know, that's a, that's a big ticket. Uh, but our church is going for that this morning. You know, it's one thing to hear a prophetic word. It's another thing to actually believe it and go after it and take the risk that you might not, it might not happen. But it'll never happen if you don't take the risk. Right? And so we're just excited for back home. So as you think I'm praying for Vacaville sometime today, be praying for them that we see what God has promised us. Uh, I really feel like the, the prophetic words that God is giving through His prophets today are shorter, are of a shorter duration. They're, they'll come to pass at a shorter time. Uh, you know, we, I remember years and years and years ago hearing prophetic words that we just knew were going to be 10, 20 years out. And often, you know, the, the word was, you know, you'll go, it'll go opposite of, you know, you'll see the opposite of what was prophesied. I think that day is coming to an end in, in many in many aspects that we we will not have to go through that process because we're beginning to understand the prophetic word better and we're beginning to process through the prophetic word uh, with more faith and understanding of it's it's a matter of partnering with God at just the right timing uh, and He will bring it to pass quickly. He's waiting He's waiting for our response to the word. Often He's waiting for our response to partner with Him for the word. Every every prophetic word is an invitation. It's an invitation for those that are being prophesied to, to to partner with that word in a way that will produce the result. And often the the delay in the word is ours, not his. Yeah, I mean there's there's timing issues always with God. You know that that's that's true. But I think a lot of the time the lack of the prophetic word coming to pass is because we haven't we haven't partnered with Him. Are you here? Okay. All right. All right. Just want to make sure you're here. Uh, we have we have some uh, resources out there. Uh, I'm not going to really take time to go through all of them. Most of you know what we have. Uh, I, you know, I felt like I was going to do something this morning, though, a little different. Uh, I uh, we didn't bring a, a lot of resources because we've been here a few times, and um, but uh, I don't want to take any of the books home. All right. I don't want to pay for shipping to get them home. I don't want to do any of that. So every book I have is ten dollars this morning. Uh, so if you've already, you know, if you already purchased a book and bought a book uh, and read it, and it's it's blessed, you buy it for somebody else. You can do it for ten dollars. So every every book. I don't know, Kathy, are you in here? Kathy's in here. Okay, Kathy, if you'll just hit the ten dollar button on all of those. Deb has some bags back there uh, that are. I think there's one of them that's new since we were here last time, but. Take a look at those things. But all of those help us get out into the nations. So when you, when you purchase those, you not only get blessed by the ministry of the, of, the, of the message, 
but you also send us into the into the nations. So, and I'm I'm heading to uh, the uh, to Fiji in April, and then going on over to uh, the Solomon Islands, where we're going to be planting a new school there. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, you can help us get there. That would be much appreciated. This last year, we went to Samoa, and we're planting a school there. So the whole South Pacific is getting churned up, and uh, it's really, really fun uh, because I have a, you know, I just have a history with, with some men that have been <clears throat> great um, men of God in that area, m- missionaries that went and, you know, healed the sick, raised the dead, and cast out demons all throughout those islands. And uh, they had influence on my life in the early years, and, and now it's all bearing fruit uh, in our lives. So we're excited. We're excited for that. So, uh, Tim, would you mind taking these and... Um, Thank you. Would anyone like one of those? Why don't you come on up here, sir? Come on up here and pick one. I like people that are willing to say yes. Is there somebody else? There's somebody else over here. Yeah, go ahead. Come on up. Pick one. Anybody else? Yeah, right here. Yeah, over here. Back over here. Yeah, come on. It's getting less and less choice here. Anybody else? You can buy them out there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> come on up, come on up. <laughs> that was not nice, was it? <laughs> it's okay. I think you're feisty. I think it's all right. <laughs> Got one left. There you go. Thanks, Tim. We love being with Tim and Elizabeth and, and the team here. You guys have a great, great team. I don't know if you realize that, you know, often the Bible says that a prophet's not known real well in his own hometown. And sometimes in our own place, we don't recognize the value of the leaders that are among us. And it's good to do that. So I would encourage you to do that. So this morning, um, how many were here last night? I saw quite a few, quite a few of you. Yeah, we had fun, didn't we? Yeah. That was just like, there was such a, an anointing in the house to declare uh, your future, declare destiny and the things that are in your heart, the deep, deep things of your heart, to, to really begin to believe them again. Uh, and one of the things I want to do this morning is kind of teach more into that. And uh, my goal, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit's goal, is to expand our faith, um, to, to make it, um, to broaden it across arenas that maybe we've never thought of before to believe God for. Um, last night, Tim said that this church, church's official name is, is Hill Country Faith Ministries. So I think if you're going to be called Hill Country Faith Ministries, you better be a, a ministry that's marked by great faith. Right? So we're going we're gonna to see if we can expand our faith this morning, and I'm preaching to myself as well as anybody else. Uh, so we're going to look at a couple of passages of scriptures in a moment, but I'm going to uh, going to ask you to take a little, um, play a little game with me. Call it the blank game, <clears throat> and I'm going to I'm going to say something and leave a blank, and you're to fill it in. Okay, in your own in your own spirit, you're to fill that in, and you have to be honest in this, or it, it won't have any impact on you at all. It won't mean anything to you. And sitting in here with, with a room full of faith people and all of that kind of stuff, your, your answer will probably be different than when you get out there and you have to put your faith to test. Know what I'm saying? 
You know, you're in worship, you're in worship, and it's God, you can do anything, God, you're wonderful, it's crazy, God, I can stand against any giant, any, and then you go outside and somebody says one bad thing, and man, you're done for the day. Right? So we, we want to be honest with this so that we can allow God to expand our faith into, into new territories. Okay? So you ready? All right. Uh, God has healed blank, but I'm not sure if he can heal blank. God has forgiven this, but will he forgive this? You fill in the blanks. God did it then, but will he do it now? He gave me grace. He empowered me for that situation, but this situation seems so large. Can I find grace for this place that I'm now in? Are you hearing what? Are you getting the idea? Okay. He provided miraculously that time, but this time seems to need such a bigger miracle. Can he do it now? He made that work for my good then, but wow, this thing is so big. Can he make it work for my good now? His blood covers blank, but can his blood cover blank? (laughs) You having fun with this game? Or is this like, stop it! I'm confident that God can redeem this person. But can he redeem that person? He can redeem him, but can he redeem me? I experienced his healing once, but now I have a financial need. Can he help me with that? He rescued me in a financial situation. He brought a financial miracle into my life, but now I need healing. Can he do that? My point is this. Do we have true faith or is our faith situational? Or is it limited or conditional? Do we have borders in our faith. Borders that faith does not cross. Walls that block in our faith that don't allow us to believe God for the greater thing or the other thing in our life. You okay? You breathing? All right. We're going to talk about two kings in in the Bible and a common enemy here in just a moment. But before we do that, when Tim was this morning was asking us to raise our hands. He used the phrase out of Scripture, lift holy hands. I felt I heard the the Lord say, there are those who will not lift their hands because they feel their hands are dirty. And it may not be just, it, it can be very sinful things that you've involved yourself in, but it can just be stuff where you've had mistakes and errors and you feel like you failed and you, you have dirty hands. I just want to declare that He is the one who gives us clean hands and holy hands. And He's in this place this morning. And later in our time together, I'm going to invite you to come because God wants to redeem that. And some of you, when I've gone through this list this morning already, have said, I don't know that He can clean my hands. That's going to change today. It's going to change today. So we're going to look at the story of two kings. The two kings are Asa, which is king of Judah. This is during the time in Israel's history that there were two kingdoms. Kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. Asa was the king of Judah and Ahab was the king of Israel. 
And these two reigns, uh, Asa was, the first, was, in, was a king prior to Ahab being the king in the other kingdom, but they overlapped by four years. And they all had a common enemy, and that common enemy was the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Uh, but let's look at uh, Asa's reign for a little bit. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 14 through chapter 16, and I'm only going to pick out a couple of verses because of time this morning. But let me just tell you the story. Uh, Asa is a righteous king who has done great things for the nation of Israel. He brings reform to Judah. Uh, he brings the nation back together. He rebuilds the city. He tears down the idols that have been pre- put there by previous kings. Uh, he's just a righteous king, and he brings Israel back to God. In the tenth year of Asa's reign, uh, the Ethiopian king comes, to, comes against Judah with an army of one million men and 300 chariots. Yeah, it's a lot. Asa has an army that is half that size. So he's very much outmanned and outnumbered. But then the king comes to him, and Asa has this amazing response. We find it in verse chapter 14, uh, verse number 9, or, or verse number 11. It says, And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no help. You get that? God, you can help in this situation, and God, you can help in this situation. You're able to do that. O Lord, our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Well, the rest part of that story is that God brings a great victory to Asa. And over the next 26 years, he has absolute peace in the land. Because he trusted in the Lord, whether there was few or whether there was many. How many times you get caught in that place where you can believe for the little miracle, but it's hard to believe for the big one? To God, it's the same miracle. <laughs> just, just a thought. But in the 36th year of Asa's reign, <clears throat> he makes a treaty with... He, he, uh, he gets attacked by the king of Israel. And uh, the king of Israel comes and builds kind of a fortress outside of the area of Judah so that Judah has no ability to, to go in and out of that area to, to trade and to get goods and that kind of thing. He's going to lay a siege, and he starts to build this city, this king of Israel, against the king of Judah. And Asa's response this time is quite different, and we see his response now. Uh, and, and he comes to, he, he, instead, of, instead of trusting the Lord this time, he makes a, a treaty with Ben-Hadad, his enemy, and says to Ben-Hadad, I'll give you all the treasures of the temple, I'll give you all the treasures of my own house, if you will come against Israel and attack the cities of Israel, so that the king will back off and go home. And so he does that, and he wins the battle, but he loses the war. Because from then on, there's war and there's battle against Ben-Hadad for the rest of his days. And it's interesting, if you, when you see down in, 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 verse, in chapter 16, uh, let, me, let me go ahead and read that from verse 7. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa the king of Judah and said to him, Because you have, re, you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped your hand. Do you understand what, what God was doing by allowing Israel to attack Judah? He was drawing in Ben-Hadad so that Judah could destroy Ben-Hadad. 
Are you getting this? This is powerful. God allowed Israel to attack Judah so that Ben-Hadad would be drawn in so that God could put Ben-Hadad in the hands of Judah, in the hands of Asa. And because he did not trust God, but instead, you get an insight into the way Asa thinks. God, you could do it then, but I wasn't sure you could do it now, so I did my own thing. And went after it in my own way. And the prophet comes and said, Oh, you foolish man. If you had trusted me, I would have not only defeated Israel, I would have defeated your big enemy, Ben-Hadad. You get this? So now let's, that, yep. Now let's talk about Ahab. And this is found in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 20. 1 Kings, 1 Kings, 1 Kings. You all know where that is? All right. Right before 2 Kings. Easy to find. 1 Kings. And it's in chapter 20. And again, I'm not going to read the whole story. But this is four years following Asa's failure. Ben-Hadad attacks the hill country right, near Samaria. Samaria sits in the hillish part of, of uh, that part of uh, the world. And he lays siege to the city of Samaria. And King Ahab has about 7,000 troops. And Ben-Hadad, it says that, that his, his uh, army just filled the, filled the world. You know, it's just like this massive army coming against uh, Ben-Ahab, King Ahab. And Ben-Ahab, uh, Ben-Hadad demands all the wealth of Judah, including their children and their wives. He says, I'm going, to, I'm going to kill everybody, but if you'll give me your, your children, your wives, I'm going, to, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take your land, and, and, and that's all, you'll have nothing left. But Ahab's response is really pretty cool. In verse 11 of chapter 20, he says this, So the king of Israel said to him, Tell him, telling the, the, the servant to go, Tell him, let not the one who puts on his armor boast like the one who takes it off. Right? In other words... The guy who can boast is the one who's still standing at the end of the battle. You know? So threaten me all you want, but I plan to be the one to be able to take my jacket off when I'm done, and you're the one that's going to be laying on the ground. Right? That's what he says. Pretty cool answer. I like that. I'm going to memorize that one. It's a good one. So Ben-Hadad prepares to attack. It ticks him off. But a prophet shows up to Ahab, and he says to this, See that great multitude out there? This day the Lord will deliver this into your hand. And Ahab is given a strategy by God, and he asks the prophet, he says, who's going to deliver this into my hand? By whom are you going to do this? And he says, by the young leaders. By the young leaders of the provinces. And then he says, but who will lay out the strategy? And the prophet says, you will. And I want to say this to you specifically, because I said this last night, this house has an anointing on it, to be a place of generational synergy. You understand what synergy is? Synergy is one plus one does not equal two. It equals much larger than that. And when the generations can cooperate together and, and work together, where they yield each other's strengths to one another, the favor of the two generations yielding the favor to one another, then great things can happen. And I believe that anointing is on this house. So I really encourage you to not look at the generational conflict, but look at the generational synergy that can be produced 
be produced when you walk in unity, and unity requires diversity. It requires that you, you value the, cha- the differences in the generations. Look at somebody younger than you or older than you and say, I believe in you. That didn't sound very strong. <clears throat> I believe that's on this house. I believe it's what, what Tim and Elizabeth carry specifically as leaders. Well, so they have this strategy, and, and a great victory is won. But then the prophet comes back to Ahab and says, listen, you need to prepare because in the spring, Ben-Hadad will return. He's going to come again. So you need to prepare for that. And, and sure enough, uh, he does. But let me just speak to a moment what Ben-Hadad represents. Ben-Hadad, ben, the name Ben <clears throat> means, uh, means the son of Hadad. Now, Hadad was a Syrian god. And the Syrians believed in territorial gods. Gods that only had authority in certain territories and certain places, right? And so Ben-Hadad was the son of Hadad, who was a territorial god. Excuse me. And I want to say to you that every spring you can expect Ben-Hadad to come back. Every spring. What is the spring? The spring is the moment in which you, you say, I'm going to step out in God. I'm going to believe him for a bigger thing. I'm going to walk into a greater revelation of who he is. And Ben-Hadad is going to show up. He'll come in the spring. He won't come in the winter. He'll come in the spring when you're ready to go. And he'll come and he'll try to, to distract you to believe that your God is also a territorial God. Is it coming together for you yet? Are you recognizing what I'm trying to do here? What the Scripture is saying to us? I, I can believe God for this, but I'm not sure about this. Ben Hadad comes. Hadad, the God is territorial, comes to make your God territorial. Oh, well. So here's what happens. We're going to read some of this. Uh, chapter 20, verse 23. <clears throat> verse 23, let me find 20. Here we go. Verse 20. Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, so he's, ready, he, he, he's not want, really wanting to go back, Ben-Hadad, because he's afraid, because he lost the battle. But the servants of the king said to him, their, God, their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But if we fight against them in the plain or in the valley, surely we will be stronger than they. Huh? So do this thing. Dismiss the kings, the other, all the kings that he had around him when he first attacked, each of them from his position, and put captains in their places. And you shall muster an army like the army that you have lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain. Surely we will be stronger than they. And he listened to their voice and did so. So he attacked now because he felt like their God, our God, is only a territorial God. Huh? So it was in the spring of the year, that Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were mustered and given provision, and they went against them. Now the, king, the children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of goats. You get it? While Assyrians filled the countryside. They had 7,000 against those that filled the countryside. 
Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the king, Lord, says the Lord, because the Syrian, listen to this, because the Syrians have said, the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. God gets ticked off when they speak badly of him. We need to also. When we hear the word, uh, the word of the enemy saying he's a territorial God, he may have been able to do that in your history, but he can't do this in your present. We need to get ticked off and say, no, our God is not a territorial God. <laughs> Finally with me. My God. Deb, why don't you come on up? I want Deb to come up. We're going to share just a few things. I want to move this out of the way so you can see is really good. Yeah. It's just water. Put these new hips to work here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this scripture, um, this concept, was made very real to me about 20 years ago when he showed me this because I was in a season where God was doing really new and amazing things in my life or wanted to. And he said, but I want you to go to the scripture and, and read this. And he showed me this scripture. It says, because the enemy has said he's God of the hills, so I will fight him in the valleys. He said, you right now are the enemy that is telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's your voice yeah. that is whispering the um, conflict that I have seen God do this in my life, but I am in a whole different game now, and I've never seen him do that in my life. And so I had to go to war with myself and realize that I was making God, I had the potential to make my God a territorial God and not the God of all things. What's interesting um, through this, it says, so because they fought them in the valleys, it says that the um, Israel, or Judah, whatever it was, um, they killed 100,000 of the enemy. One of the most precious things, though, as God was saying this, he goes, I will fight with you, but there'll be times when I fight for you. Because there's going to be seasons when Mm -hmm. you go into this new battle, you're going to be tired, you're going to be weary. And one of the scriptures that he showed me, it's actually in um, verse 30 of that same passage, it says, but the rest of the enemy fled and went into a city, and a wall fell on them. 27,000 of the enemy That is your stadium at Texas State. Can you imagine one wall falling and taking out that many people? That's what God did when they weren't even fighting. Are you you guys getting this? It's amazing. You know, they're they're fighting, and this this group of 7,000 men, right? And they're going against this huge, huge, huge group of people, and they slay 100,000 of them. That's, that's a good day right there. And God is with them in that. 
But now he's fighting for them. And they don't even have to fight for this, this one. Because they put their trust in him here. So in the, that situation that I'm referring to of 20 years ago, the fight that God was wanting to bring me into was a warfare of spiritual warfare, of not just fighting for healing or uh, finances or, you know, whatever the need was. He said, I want to train your hands for war and your arms for warfare because I need you to step into the position that I made you to be, but I created you to be, is to be a spiritual warrior and fight the forces of darkness. And I had no idea how to do that. I had never been around anyone that had done that. I had never even heard stories of people doing that. And he took me on a journey of of teaching me and crafting my hands for war. I I would like to say there was never a time I was terrified. I've never been more terrified in my whole life. Uh, There was actually circumstances I wasn't sure I was going to survive. But there was such a confidence because he started teaching me about the kingdoms, his kingdom and the kingdom of our enemy. And he's just, even when the enemy's kingdom seems so strong, he said, just remember, I'm stronger. Yeah. He said, those yeah. are only fallen angels you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. Call on the host of heaven. And he just took me in, and this is a whole other <laughs> dialogue. But whatever you're fighting for now, whether it's healing or provision or joy, finances, a home, a job. It's the same. It's the same. Mm -hmm. Do not diminish your God to be a God of the territories. Make him God of everything. And he will show him strong, his house strong on your behalf. But what's also wonderful is then we have positioned ourselves for him to fight for us to win the battles that we don't even have to step into. Yeah, let me, let me give you another illustration of this that, that comes out of our own history a little bit. You know, we've, we've shared the story here of how God built our sanctuary and provided supernaturally. And that was, that was an amazing thing to, <clears throat> to go from, we are in tremendous amount of debt uh, and barely able to provide for our needs within the church. And, uh, and yet God uh, handed to us uh, a 2,500-seat sanctuary and paid for it without borrowing a dime. <clears throat> Great story. We've told some of it here. And that was an amazing miracle. That was back in 2000. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting how this territorial spirit hides in, a, in us. It hides in us. We don't realize that. So we have this huge miracle that we, we could never have done on our own, and we knew it was the hand of the Lord. And yet from then to about six years ago, we lived in such lack as a church. We were barely able to, to function as a church. We were seeing great things in the Lord. We saw you know amazing miracles, all that kind of stuff, but financially we barely were able to make it. And about uh, six years ago, and the old, yeah, and and because of that, we had allowed the old building to really become in disrepair, and there was a lot of rooms upstairs, uh, which was, and and that's a sixty-five thousand square foot building, so had a lot of classrooms, 
but almost, uh, the majority of the upstairs could not even be used because the roof leaked so bad that it, the sheetrock was hanging down in some of those rooms, and the rest of the facility was just needed attention desperately. But we have a territorial God. He could build this sanctuary, three, you know, $3.8 million he could drop on us, but he couldn't fix our leaky roof. And I don't, you know, we didn't know that that's what was there. We felt like we were pushing all our chips to the middle of the table, you know? We felt like we were betting on God, you know, and we were doing our thing. Woke up one early morning and the Lord said, I am bored with your faith. That's a bad morning. That's a bad morning. I'm bored with your faith. I said, well, I don't understand. I feel like we've, you know, we've given everything. We know how to give. We've done everything. He said, yeah, but you're not trusting me for greater things. And I said, well, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, I don't care. Do anything. That's what he said. He said. It doesn't matter to me what you do. I just want you to do something that challenges me. And I want you, he said, I want you to do something unreasonable. Now, I've talked about that here before. An unreasonable kind of faith that doesn't, doesn't go along with man's reasoning. And so... Um, I took him at his word, and I went to the team, and I, I proposed some construction, some, some repairs. And Deb, Deb is one that really inspired me in this because of what she'd learned earlier and uh, just began to say, it's time, it's time. We've got to fix this place. This place is meant for more than this. This building is meant for more than this. It was built for a purpose, and we're not using it when it's Honestly, time. Honestly, I would have dreams Maybe you would consider them a nightmare, but it was a dream to me um, of burning that building down. Like, that's how bad it was. I'm like, if somebody would just come and light a campfire, that would just solve our problem. I mean, there was, there was more that needed to be fixed than there was that was usable. And honestly, and one day I, I, I confessed that in our core team meeting, and Dan McCullum, that some of you may know, he got this really strange look. And I'm like, I'm just being honest. I have dreamt of burning it down. And he goes, no, I've had the same dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so that's not good. <laughs> but then, and so we took courage, like, okay, let's stop dreaming that it gets burned down. Let's, let's trust God <laughs> Duh. You know, for something. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize how deep that territorial thing was in our staff. Because I proposed it to our core team. This is what we're going to do. We're going to raise money right now to do a portion. You're just going to go a room at a time, and we're just going to go down. And so I, It was a small amount of money, $150,000, I think, is all it was. Um, yeah, well, fix the roof first and then, then go and do that. And I didn't realize how strong this was because... Uh, we were in a time in, in California where people were losing their homes. Uh, the economy was way down. Uh, people were losing their jobs. Uh, all of that was, was happening to our people in our church. And all the pastoral people on our team, you know, pastors are needed in the body of Christ. But they're not needed to get in the way. They're not needed to. <laughs> their job isn't to protect. No. Their job is to inspire and to give courage. The apostolic call is to stretch the boundaries. That's always the call of the apostolic. To, it, he's, he's, they're a builder. 
And they, they have to stretch the boundaries to do that. But it's the job of the pastors to come alongside of the people and say, it's going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to make it through this. This is the word of the Lord and we're going to make it. Not to say, oh, don't, don't worry. Don't, don't, no. We'll just protect you. We'll protect you. We'll, and we'll talk, they talk them out of it. Right? So I had, had some of those on my court team and, uh, man, they fought tooth and nail. This is the wrong time. This is a bad time in our, in our economy. Our people are hurting. This is not the time to raise more money. This they'll, is. They'll think we don't understand yeah. their need. Oh, but I mean, the, the reasoning was brilliant. You know what I mean? It sounded, it sounded very reasonable. It sounded very So they would, they would, they would think all we care about is money. And every time they would say that, I would say, you have just told me why we should do this. Because the Lord said it has to be unreasonable. It has to be unreasonable. And it took almost a month for them to finally gain a revelation. And when we did that, not only did we raise that money and started, started uh, Deb started with her team to renovate 100,000 square feet of building. And she went room to room to room over the next several years. And we not only raised all the money that was needed to do that, but we broke the back of poverty in our church. People started getting their houses back. Their debts paid off. Uh, The income on the church began to raise. And we have not been in that place of lack since then. Do you you see the point here? is he's not a territorial God. Just because it looks desperate, it's not in him. Just because it looks impossible, it's not for him. Because he's the God of the mountain when everything's going good and it looks super and we're, you know, we're enjoying life and we're going through the forest and it's all wonderful and good. But he's also the God of the valleys when things don't look like they're going good at all. Yeah. What he showed me about the valley, because the valley could be anything, but for me it was spiritual warfare. He said, because you're going to become face-to-face with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Like in mountain fighting, you know, you, can, you have trees, you have hills, you can, you can kind of protect yourself while you're attacking, those kind of things, you know what I mean, kind of, that kind of warfare. But he said in the valley, man, it's hand-to-hand combat. Combat, and you're you're looking mm-hmm. the enemy in the eye, and if you're not used to that, if you're not up for that, you are going to be intimidated, which is... The main tool of the enemy is intimidation. And I'll just say for any of you that are mm-hmm. facing something right now that intimidation, and one of the young leaders the other day, he goes, well, how do you know it's intimidation? I said, because you feel like backing down. You t- even if you're talking to someone who's trying to intimidate you, you, you typically take a step back. I typically get a stomach ache. My chest hurts. And I said, you have to have a plan when you're, feel- when you're being intimidated. And I have backup phrases that I use if it's a person, but usually it's a spirit through a person, you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll just use like, well, by the way, or nevertheless, or, you know, um, anyhow, you know what I mean? And I, I change the battle, the battleground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to be proactive of facing intimidation because it will take you out. Because what it does, it creates a swirl and you can't think. Mm-hmm. You step back and you're like, what are they? Maybe they sound right. Maybe I'm wrong and all that. But just have, ask the Holy Spirit to give you um, a plan for not becoming intimidating yourself, mm-hmm. but to 
um, see intimidation as evil, not just inconvenient. Yeah, tell tell that story of when that, that demon spoke to you about, you know, you were, you oh, had not, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's just. This okay? You okay? Th- th- this is just one example of thousands of things that happened to me. Um, it was in a season where I was doing a lot of deliverance um, at church, like every service. <laughs> um, so it was something I was getting used to. I mean, but it's always interesting. Um, and this one week in the Lord said, I, there's something coming on Sunday that you're going to be dealing with, but, and I really, I want, you need to fast this weekend. And, um, I quickly said, uh, no. <laughs> and I had been doing a lot of fasting. It wasn't like I couldn't fast or do much. It was just inconvenient. Like I think one of our kids, it was their birthday party. I was going to be fixing homemade spaghetti for heaven's sakes. And I'm just, and I just knew I didn't have the grace for it, or I wasn't going to take hold of the grace for it. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, none of you, I'm sure, has ever, (laughs) when the Lord asks you to do something, ever, no, never did that. Okay, so just try to understand, you know, because I know you have never experienced that. So sure enough, I didn't fast. And um, Sunday morning, we're at church, and everything so far is going okay, you know. We're making it. And by golly, at the end of service, Dave called for something that seemed very not real. Um, difficult. Difficult. You know what I mean? And this uh, one of the gals that came down was, she was actually one of our head. <laughs> she, she was on our prayer team, you know, real intercessor, sweet gal. And I'm like, bonus, you know. <laughs> I know, you know, I'll be safe with her. And so I go over and. See, my God was the God of the, everything looks nice, and we're going to make it through this weekend. And um, so I started praying for her, and she fell down on the ground and started clawing the carpet. Now, I don't want to go into any kind of, you know, theological, how does that happen? I just know it did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Wasn't expecting it. And she, her, she literally, her, her, she got claws, and it, they went into the carpet. And she looked up at me, and it was not her looking up at me. And I said, "Oh crap!" <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I, and I, courage came up, and I said, "You're leaving today." And now, this, I know this is a little out there, people. I, so it's out there. Stretch I'm just the boundaries. A little bit Stretch of my the life boundaries. You. Yeah. So the the spirit said, "I don't have to because you didn't fast." Yeah. <laughs> but what rose up in me was the knowledge that God is not God territorial. He is God of everything. And I said, "You are right." You know that scripture it says when you're going to the judge to agree quickly with your adversary so it'll go mm-hmm. well with you? That verse came right to my mind. I said, <laughs> just agree with them, and it'll be okay with you. And I said, you're right. I didn't fast, but you're coming out. <laughs> and I'm telling the shot. And with a moment, I mean, it was a moment. Yeah. Something that had plagued this sweet, wonderful young mother since she was a child was broken and gone. But intimidation 
He called his bluff. He called, yeah, God is God of the mountains. He's God of the valleys. And he'll even make the wall fall when you haven't, you're not in the fight. You know what mm. I mean? He's amazing. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some uh, there are some things that block our faith. Jesus addressed them four times in in the New Testament when he was talking with his disciples, aimed them all at his side. One is worry, which is simply being overwhelmed by the things of of, of life, just the stuff of life. It's the habits. It's the habits of life. It's uh, I, I know God's good. Yeah, but what about this? The habits. Then there's fear, which uh, when Jesus addresses this with the disciples, uh, it's not it's not that um, that kind of terror, kind of fear. It's a different kind of fear. It's it's simply timidity. Delay is resistance. When we are timid and we don't respond to the moment when God is about to bring breakthrough, and we don't respond to that because we're timid, we're afraid. He cannot bring the breakthrough. Uh, doubt, which means to stand in two different ways, to, to be frozen in indecision. Can I trust him? Can I not? Should I go this way? Should I go that way? What if God does this? What if he does that? Who do I trust? Where do I go? It's that kind of uh, doubt. And then human reasoning was the last one that I think is probably the one that we most deal with. Because our mind gets active and we reason out of faith. But God wants to stretch our faith to believe Him that He is the God of the mountain. Yes, He is. And He is the God of the valley. He's the God of the desert. He's the God of the ocean. He's the God of the stream. He's the God of your problem. He's the God of your situation. He's the God of, of, of the hands that you feel right now are dirty. He wants to clean those hands. Everybody stand, would you please? Everybody stand with me. Let me first invite those of you, when, I, when, I, when, <clears throat> when Tim said, lift up holy hands, there was a check in you. There was something in you that, that resisted that. And you don't, you, you, maybe you didn't even know why, but you just felt like, I don't, I don't know that I can do that. And it may be that you, you don't know Jesus. You don't know him. And you've not given your life to him, so you don't have that conf- confidence of salvation so you knew by lifting those hands, they were, they were dirty hands because your life had been in rebellion. It may be, it may be just some of the own, your own failures that just have set on you and the enemy has brought shame upon you and said, he's a territorial God who can't remove that shame. So I'm going to ask you if that's you this morning. I'm going to ask you to be really brave. You may feel like you're facing a million adversaries and there's only one of you but I'm telling you, he's the God of the one. He's the God of the one who can bring great victory. And if that is you, that you felt that this morning, and when I spoke of it, it, it came back to you. You realize that's you. I want you to just come right down here. We want to pray for you first this morning. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. This is great courage right here. This is courage right here. Anyone else? Anyone else? And you have some prayer team people and some ministry people that can come and, and stand with these. So I want them to kind of get, a, get an idea of why they're down here and then pray with them. Okay? I'm going to pray for you too. Yeah. Anybody else that needs to come down? You're not one of the prayer ministries necessarily, but just come and stand on, on the end of either end here. 
This is your, this is your day. This is your morning. This is where everything shifts for you. This is where life changes for you. That shame you've been carrying, that ugliness that you've been carrying is all coming off today. It's all coming off today. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth, can you come to the and, and do that last song we were doing? The Jesus song. That, that, and this is a day for turnaround. And, and for the rest of us here, this is a day where we expand our faith borders to believe God for that thing you never thought you could believe Him for. That dream you never thought would ever come to pass because you couldn't really believe that God is that good. That He would want to do that for you. Today's the day that changes, that shifts. That shifts now. For that thing that, that has been so long in coming, you've, you've given up praying for it. You've stopped praying for it. Last night we talked about this seed that they, have found, they found in, uh, in Masada, in Israel. They were seeds of the date palm that had been there for 2,000 years. And they took those seeds and they planted them again. And they're growing. And they're producing. Now they've found out a way to produce, to produce fruit from those date palms that are 2,000 years old. Do you understand this? You say, but I've been waiting for 10 years. <laughs> Pray again. Believe again. Expand your faith again. One more time, one more time, one more time. That seed, that ancient seed can bear fruit for you. Today's your day to step into a new arena of faith that will transform your life. So if, if, you, you, if you need that, just lift your hands up like this. I'm going to pray over you right now while these are being prayed for down here. Lord, I pray over every one of us who have our hands there. We're saying, Lord, expand the borders of our faith. Lord, we know, we know you did it then, but we, we now believe you can do it now. You can do it now. We know you, you did that, but now we believe you can do this. Lord, we move out the borders. We knock down the fence. We ask by your Spirit to knock down the fence and fall on all the doubt, the 27,000 doubts we have. Fall on that doubt and destroy that doubt in Jesus' name. To destroy that fear, that intimidation in Jesus' name. We come against intimidation. Has no authority in our life. Because we say, nevertheless, at your word, we will do as you say. At your word, we will not be intimidated. At your word, Lord. At your word. <laughs> at your word. <laughs> well, I, want you to, I want you to start saying that out loud. Those of you who have your hand, just begin to declare that, Lord, at your word. I now believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I put aside fear, I put aside doubt, intimidation. Put aside that reasoning of man that would say it could never happen. And I say, you are the God of my valley and you're the God of my mountains. You're the God of every situation of my life. You're the God of every part of me. You're the God that heals. You're the God that brings financial 
help when we need it. You're the God who can, who can, who can do miracles in one place and you can do miracles in the other place and you can do it at the same time. And Lord, I pray right now for Vacaville, who right now is going after wonders and miracles. God, I pray for bones to come into alignment, for miraculous things to be produced, Lord. Where there are missing pieces in people's physical being, I pray that they be restored in Jesus' name. And I pray that same anointing on this house today, that it will be done here. It will be done here. That this is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to thank Him. Begin to thank Him. Just begin to thank Him. And and go ahead and begin to sing that song. those words up there for us, please. to make a declaration this morning. Um, sometimes we, we uh, hold things in our heart, even in moments like this where we say, yeah, God, I, I believe you. And we, we silently say that. We say, God, I, I do trust you now in this area. But there's something about breaking the silence. When our voice says something, Faith is voice activated. Faith is voice activated. So here's what I, I want us to do. It may seem fun, it may seem trite, but I don't believe it is. I believe it's what the Lord would want us to do. So I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to declare out loud the thing that you've said in your heart. And if it's like, you know, I believed you, God. I saw. I've seen the miracles in the past but I need a miracle in my body right now. I want you to declare it out loud, that exact thing that you are declaring that God is now the God of. 
it's a place of desert or it's a place in the mountain, whatever it is that you are believing God for, I want you to say it out loud. I want you to say it out loud. What do you not understand about loud? All right? So don't worry about anybody else hearing it. We want the atmosphere to hear it. We want ourselves to hear us say it out loud. Because, because if, if you don't, give me, let me count to three. If you don't, if you don't do that, it will remain a seed and it won't bear fruit. But when you begin to declare it out loud, it no longer is seed. It now becomes a plant that would begin to bear fruit. Okay? So you ready? Are you, are you ready out there? Okay. All right. Here we go. So I'm going to count to three. On the count, of, when I hit three, you say it out loud, and and you can, you don't have to do the abbreviated version. You can do the amplified version. All right. So here we go. Let me pray first. Father, I just pray a release, an absolute release of faith in the hearts of everyone in this room right now to say that which you have spoken into their heart, to say that which you are now wanting to make fruitful in their life. And I, 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 I just say doubt, you have no place here. Intimidation, you have no place here. Fear, you have no place here. Reason, man's reason, you have no place here. This is a place of faith. And so we're going to declare. Here we go. You ready? One, two, three, go. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. Did you feel the, 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 the breaking in the room, the, the release of faith in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you go ahead and have a seat, uh, is there something you wanted to do? Or? Huh? Okay. Uh, something I want to do. You allow me to do it? Okay. Go ahead and have a seat for a moment. I know we're right at, at a time you normally close. Those of you who are down front, if you're just being ministered to, you can stay here. If not, you go on back to your seat. This is going to take probably five minutes. So I'm asking you to be patient with me for a moment. I know that you, uh, you as a church, you're trying to pay off your debt, right? I, I highly respect that and admire that. I believe that's, that's important for your future. You know, I say, well, we can afford the payments. We can, and that's not about that. It's about trusting God for something greater. And it's about positioning yourself for the future. Tim and Elizabeth have not asked me to do this at all. Not even suggested it. Deb doesn't even know I'm going to do this. But I know typically they receive an offering for Deb and I's ministry. And which we're very, always very thankful because it really does help us do what we do. But Deb and I are in a place right now where we are asking God for a miracle like we've never seen in our own life. 
And it has to do with our future for our children and our heritage passing down to the generations beyond us. I'll just give you a real quick story about the story. We, uh, we live in a home. It's a very not beautiful home, 4,000 square feet. God has blessed us with it by a lot of different ways. But we, we were in a service about a couple years ago with Sean Bowles. And Sean began to prophesy to my son Ryan, who works with us in the ministry there. And he has his wife and four children live in a very small home. And he started describing the house that they were going to have. He'd never been in our house. He described our house to the T. Color, rooms, the pool in the backyard, everything. And a seed was dropped in my heart that I'm going to be able to give that house to my children. We've been looking for a new home because Deb's hips, my knees, we want to get into a single story. And we want to be able to give that house to, to them. So this last week, we found a house. We are in contract. We have no idea how we're going to pay for it. Because we don't want to sell our home. I don't know how God's going to do it. But He's the God of the valleys. And I felt like all all weekend... The Lord wanted us to plant like, like almost, almost a tithe, a, a, a seed of, of this offering into this church. And so here's what I, I'd like to do. I want to take an offering for you, not an offering for me. I want to take an offering for you to pay off this debt. How much do you need? To pay? What's, what's the balance? I mean, you've raised some. About $76,000 is left. Izzy's the God of $76,000. He's looking for partners. He's looking for partners. I can attest to you that there was a day we needed a million dollars. The day before we needed that million dollars, this is the church when we were building. The day before, we had about 200000 The next day, we had a million dollars. We were about to have to close down the building because we were doing it by cash. We didn't have the money to finish. We needed $1.2 million. One day. I sat with a man the next day who had already helped us and I said we're going to have to stop he says oh by the way I have $800,000 for you the next day it was in our account two weeks later we stand before the people we need $400,000 to finish and in one service we raised $400,000 there's a an amazing call upon this church. And what you see right now, don't you judge the empty seats as there being lack here. 
It's the dip before the climb. We get to partner today. Deb and I are going to give into this. We're going to give some of our, the money we need. <laughs> Tommy Barnett, Tommy Barnett, we, we gave, uh, you know the story, we gave everything we had, $120,000, and we needed that million dollars. We gave that $120,000 away, and then God gave us the million. Tommy, and we gave it to Tommy Barnett's ministry. I was sitting in Tommy Barnett's off, uh, office after we built the building. He said, Dave, you gave away what would never be enough to get what was more than enough. You willing to sow some seed today? You may give what's not enough for you, and it will never be enough, but it will be enough. Because he's the God of more than enough. So I want to take an offering for you. You ready to give? You, you guys know all the ways to give. Let's pop that back up there. This is, this is big time right now. I feel shifts. I feel the earth moving. And you could be here for the first time today. But God is saying, I want you to invest in this place today. I don't know. And I'm not going to try to manipulate you or control you or intimidate you into it. I'm just offering an opportunity to see God do what only He can do. We only get a miracle when we position ourselves for one. (laughs) When we need one. (laughs) I need a miracle. And I'm positioning myself by giving away this offering to you. And by giving away some of our own to you. I'm just asking you to join me. So, just as the Lord speaks it into your heart. I heard a man one time say, you can, don't, don't be foolish enough to believe that you can manipulate God by giving to Him. But don't be foolish enough to believe that if you give to God, He won't bless you. Yeah, you can go ahead and come on and start. I'm good to go. We'll let you go in just a minute. Give it back to Tim. I just want to pray over everyone that's coming. And those of you who can't, I just pray blessing over you. I pray anointing for greater vision and greater faith. I pray an anointing to release over you. as You, you know, there's a friend of ours that used to call, he used to say, fire falls on sacrifice. And in the Old Testament, that's what it was, right? They built, they built the sacrifice and then they called fire down on the sacrifice. Your sacrifice. So I pray the fire of God upon your sacrifice today. Upon your willingness to say God today. Now I know some of you are giving by your phone and you're giving and all that kind of stuff. That's fun, isn't it? I like that. That's how I give. We'll do the same as soon as I get down here. This is just our opportunity. Thank you so much. Why don't you everybody stand? Stand, it'll help people get out of the aisle if they need to. We have learned at the mission to direct our seed. Not just give, but direct that seed specifically. One of the things we do 
in every one of our offerings now, we pray over that seed for harvest to take place. We pray for harvest to take place in the place that it's given, but also for harvest to take place in the giver, the one that has given that. So I want to pray that over you. I want to pray the direction of the seed in this. And I first, first want to pray over you that have been freely giving this morning. So when I pray over everyone that has released their faith in this way, and I know that others have released their faith in other ways in this house today, and I thank you for that, but I pray for those specifically who have released their faith through their giving today, that you multiply that over and over and over again in their lives, that they see it not only in financial supply, but they see it in other ways. Lord, that they see it in the way that, that they never could have dreamed. <laughs> that they see prodigals returning. They see their sons and their daughters and their moms and their dads and their aunts and their uncles coming to know You. That You provide a harvest in their soul that would be greater than the harvest of finance. But Lord, I pray for the harvest of finance. I'm not ashamed to do that. I pray for that in their life. As they've trusted You produce seed and produce more in their life not only seed to scatter and plant but seed to eat bread to eat and seed to sow because you said that that's what you would provide to those who sow he provides bread to eat and seed to sow for the sowers so we declare that passage of scripture into their life right now we declare it to be true you are the God of the sower you are the God of the sower and we release that now. And then, Lord, I pray over this offering. And if you, if you gave by phone or if you gave by, you know, that, that kind of thing, just lift up your phone and lift up, you know, just hold that thing in your hand. If you, if you gave by your wallet, hold your wallet. If you gave by check, hold your checkbook. So we're going to pray over that seed that you've just now planted in this place. Lord, we take this seed that, you, that had been planted in this house. And again, we say thank you for the miracle of it. And we declare that that 70-some thousand dollars is not too difficult for you. And so we ask for a multiplication. You multiply the seed that has been sown. The seed that has been sown. The seed that has been sown. Multiply it for the use of the house. But Lord, beyond that, we pray for the multiplication of souls in this house that they will not be able to contain the harvest. They will not be able to contain the harvest. As somebody declared last night that this building would be the building, the secondary building, because they would need a bigger building to house the people that will come. This will be the overflow. The overflow. The overflow. So we declare that into this house. And aim this seed into the harvest field for not just this church, but for this city. For this city to see a major harvest. For the culture of this city to shift. For that campus to be invaded by the Spirit of God. And to see thousands, thousands, thousands upon thousands of students come to you. So we aim our seed. We do it in Jesus' name. Amen.
So David, you just step here with me with this. Wasn't that so good? Yeah, for about the last 10 minutes, I, first of all, I was just incredibly humbled. We haven't talked about this. <laughs> and um, I just feel like the Lord is saying we're going to live by faith, not by sight. And actually, Dave just made a statement. He said, we will not judge by empty chairs. And I just, I want to just say this as a leadership from Elizabeth and I, we just, we want to say that the Lord has told us we're going to win a city. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah that's what yeah. the other church is and all, all of our partnership together. But I will not back down from the word of the Lord. I will not back down yeah. from the word. We will not, yeah. we will not yeah. back down. Yeah. We will not. We will not. Back that's down. right. We will not back down. And just this morning, I just want to partner with the mission here for a minute. It's 1044. Back home, yeah. Back in California. I almost said back home. (laughs) And and when God does, when God joins, let no man, right? Let no man. So we're just going to, I read the scripture this morning and I was like, well, I mean, the Lord said, that's what you're going to do. And I was like, well, well, you'll have to make it happen. I heard this word. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats (laughs) and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand (laughs) to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And I just felt like we had to partner. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do it in two ways. First of all, we're going to pray again for what God's about to do at the mission in Vacaville. But the Lord told me, he said, wait. He said, real action of faith believes it will happen in here. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you have metal in your body or missing body parts you got something Mike come here real quick (laughs) yeah Mike this is my this is my father my future father-in-law and uh, (laughs) he needed some crazy miracles today and he just turned to us and said I'm healed and so I'm actually, yeah, I have no pain. How long? How many years? 15 years? 15 years and no pain this morning. It's, a, it's impossible without God. Just say do it again. Do it again. Yeah, do it again in this room, God. Do it again in this room, Jesus. At the mission. Hey, Dave, is Dave and Doug, is there anyone specifically that needs an impossible miracle at the at, in the Vacaville Church? I, I feel like I'm supposed to speak their names. You know, I, 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 I don't know. 
I don't know. There, there, there is a lot. But let me let me share this. This, this just came in. Uh, I had a feeling I needed to look at my phone. Uh, this is from Nicole Nikki Van Gelder, who is there's there there are partners in Minnesota uh, where it's cold, and uh, <clears throat> said good morning. I had a dream. This is to us, but it's also to Ryan, my son, who is in charge of the service this morning, who heads up all of our local ministry. He said, I had a dream. She said, I had a dream last night about California. I don't fully understand it yet. I know some of it was personal, but there was an upgrade happening unexpectedly twice. So I'm praying for you today. The God, the God comes through, that God comes through unexpectedly and better than you thought twice. Love you all. And, and Des, my, my daughter-in-law responded, awesome. Thank you. Love you guys. And Ryan said, thanks. I needed that going after something today that requires God to come through. There we go. And then, <laughs> so then after that, she responds again and said, uh, just now your live stream popped up on my Facebook stream. And I heard, go for it. Not sure what you guys are doing this morning, but that's what I heard. Awesome. <laughs> so we can take that here awesome. too. Awesome, come on. Take that here too. So here's what I want to do. If there's anyone in here, because I believe this, that the Lord told me, take a step of faith. Yeah. And we're actually taking a step of faith, not just for you, not just for this room, but for Vacaville and the mission. If you have any any metal in your body or are missing body parts or you have things fused together, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. Well, yours has to go down, Mike. You, you just got healed. You come on. That's right. You did. Okay. Every hand that's up. I'm just going to read it. That's what I feel like the Lord's telling me to do. I'm going to read it in the message. And now they're at it again. Take care of their threats and give your servants, your children, fearless confidence in preaching your message. As you stretch out your hand to us in healing and miracles and wonders done in the name of Jesus. So we right now, just everyone with someone has their hand up. Here's all you have to do. I want you just to declare with great boldness right now the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. It is Jesus. We declare over the mission this morning the name of Jesus. 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 The name of Jesus. We declare faith, hope, and love springing up because of the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We behold your face right now, Jesus. We behold your face right now, Jesus. And now simply we just say, metal, you got to go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Infused bones, you have to be whole. Thank you, Lord. Missing body parts, grow back. Thank you, God. I feel like there's someone in here that had an appendix taken out. If that's you, can you raise your hand? If you've had your appendix taken out. Actually, I don't even know what the appendix does, but I know it's supposed to be in there. And I feel like the Lord is just saying, I'll do it. 
So if that's you, raise your hand real high. I was like, wow. Who knew? Come on, everybody. This is faith now. Listen, if we believe in a little bit of it, we got to believe in all of it. If he can do signs and wonders, he can do extraordinary signs and wonders. So we say now, appendix, grow back. Grow back. Because it's the creative word of the Lord. Oh, and by the way, that word is Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Never forget so it. So we Never just declare it. the power of Jesus in your homes right now, in your lives, in your workplaces, in your families, in your inner man. The name of Jesus. And God, we just want to be grateful right now and just say, Lord, Thank you. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for your love. Thank you for salvations that happen today. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you that your family is increasing. Thank you, Lord, again for the promise that you're going to win a city, God. What would it look like yeah. for a city Yeah. Thank you, Lord. to be radically influenced by the kingdom of God? So we just bless you all today. We bless your children who are probably mad crazy in that room right now. We bless your children. And we bless your homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's just end on a shout. Ready on three. One, two, three. Jesus! Amen, amen. Hey, Ryan says he's a mess this morning. He's praying he can function.